Hey, Pastor Steve here. I'm going to talk today about transforming, how we change. You know, if you're a healthy person, all healthy people know that there's good parts of them, great parts of them, talents and passions and natural affinities that are good and don't need to be repented of. But healthy people know that there's bad parts of them, right? That they're trying to improve or do away with or heal or, um, you know, turn from, especially if you're a healthy person that has an objective, which means outside of yourself, um, opinion that says, ah, even though it may feel right, it's not right and it won't work. So how then do we, you know, we, we got to look at how we change. So I just wanted to kind of review if you're, um, come from a Christian worldview, of course, Romans chapter 12, it's kind of the summation of Paul's great letter, this great manuscript we have from to the Romans, we believe was inspired by God. Um, and Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, and the mercy he's talking about, of course, is everything he's been talking about through Romans um, chapters 1 through 11, where... Paul says both the Jews that have the law are guilty before God because legalism and law does not really change. It doesn't produce the righteousness that God's looking for. The law simply makes us aware that we fall short, as in Romans 3, all fall short of the glory of God. And, and, uh, and so the law doesn't the law can't really change us and produce the righteousness that God requires. Although he says in Romans 10 that the Jews rejected the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, right? By this really strict moral code. Not just the moral code God gave them, but adding to it. But it doesn't save, Paul says. And it can't really change you into the person that God wants you. It can't really transform you. It simply conforms you and squeezes you into a mold. And it's that religious mold. And then the then he talks, of course, about in view of the mercies of God, he talk, also talks in Romans 1 through 11 about, about the Gentile that doesn't have the law, but still is given things like conscious and general revelation through nature to show that, that the law of God is still somewhat, although it can be smashed and mushed and confused, is still written on the heart. Or even irreligious people at times... Um, affirm themselves and then also condemn themselves. So they, they realize that there is, you know, where did I get this moral, these moral feelings from? And Paul says, um, you know, they too are lost. And then he gets, but of course, we're all justified. He says freely, Romans 5 and 8, by God's grace, right? And we, we obtain a righteous, not a righteousness, not of our own, but a righteousness um, from Christ, apart from the law. That's the good news, right? It's the righteousness of Christ on us that God wants for us. So in view of those mercies, then then offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which means this, this surrendered state, right? Everything I am, all parts of my members, every part of my member, my members of my body, I offer to God as yours because of the mercy you've given me. So it's not transactional, he says, right? I do this in order to get which is really more of a religious code. And it can even be a, a very secular code, right? 
do a bunch of these things and then that earns me these things, which I'm not saying in and of itself that's bad, but in a moral transactional state before God, religion is highly transactional, especially certain religions, highly transactional, right? I, I do this because I get a reward in the future. I get to be this in the future. I get to, you know, and so it's not transactional. It's simply, ah, because of everything that God's done for me, I offer myself to you now um, for you to use, for you to please you. And it's not so I can get, get something in the future from God or get something now, like I'm earning forgiveness. No, God's mercy has already given that to you because you've believed into Christ and you've accepted the good news that there's a righteousness from God apart from the works of the law that's found in Christ. So in, in view of that, then just offer your surrender yourself to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's what worship is, right? And then he says, and don't so don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're transformed by thinking differently, we're, by renewing by the by transfer by the renewing of our mind. So he's saying, you think different morally, okay, um, ethically, and culturally from the world around you, right? So everything that. that Everything should be under suspicion by the Christian. I'm not saying, and I don't think everything culturally is, everything in our culture, current, let's say, Western American culture, is bad, but we question everything, right? Because we don't want to be squeezed into this, oh, that's fine, acceptable, and good. Um, and he, in fact, he says that, if you'll do that, if you'll seek to be transformed, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's on everything, right? So everything's under suspicion. Um, I'm going to measure and judge everything. Not because, not a strict moral code like the religious do, because Paul says that doesn't work either. That doesn't truly transform. So there's a difference. You know, I bring this up because we just think, oh, being conformed to the world is being, you know, sexually active and, you know, outside of marriage, you know, be sexually active inside of marriage, but outside of marriage, um, we, we think of, again, a, a strict moral code. But according to the context of what Paul's just talked about, conformed to the pattern of this world, you could just be caught up into a certain subset of a pattern of the world that even existed in the time that Paul was writing, that they were strict moralists, even, even apart from the Jews. There were people who denied um, certain pleasures of the body, and, you know, they saw that. So there was a moral code to an extent, even among the Greeks. It was varying. You could say it was on a continuum. But all that, Paul says, you could be conformed to, which doesn't transform you. That's the point. And if you grew up, let me give you an example. And I was thinking about this today. If you grew up, and I've talked to enough people that grow up in a really legalistic environment, right? And that could be like strict ultra Baptist or some subset, I'm just going to call it a subset of Christianity, where there's an incredible moral code. You know, if you've been freed from that to a degree, or maybe you're frustrated by it now, you know, it merely conforms you. You don't feel like a transformed person. I love the word transformed, right? It's like, you know, when we don't, that's metamorphi. It's where we get the whole thing of a, of a worm, in essence, call it a caterpillar, but you know, it's a worm becomes a, something beautiful and 
and wonderful, to, both to behold and, and probably to be. So, you know, if you grew up in that environment, there's no transformation. There's just conformity. So Paul says, don't be conformed to either, but be transformed by, by thinking different. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will. Isn't that good news for us? And, and so again, you know, how do we do that? Well, we, we, you, you think of the gospel, you think of the mercies of God. That's how you're transformed. Um, that I'm justified and I'm absolutely loved. And that's what Paul's getting at, right? He's talking about acceptance by God. So the opposite of the badness that we see in us, and I began with that, because if you're a healthy, there are bad parts of you and there are good parts of you. Uh, it is not true that, you know, because changing is just recognizing that I'm all, I'm just acceptable for who I am. And, and I, if I can find all the goodness and be told enough how good I am and how loved I am completely, and there's a truth in that, and we'll get to that, um, that somehow that'll change me. No, no, healthy people realize there's bad parts of me. They don't serve me. It's not doing me well, and I've got to change them as much as I in, embrace the parts of me that are good. And so how do we do this again? You know, the opposite, I was listening to someone on this, and this is, this is Paul's whole theme. You know, the opposite of the bad is not trying to be good. That's the moral conformity, right? It, it, you know, the opposite of bad is being loved by Christ, by God in Christ. That's what the opposite is, is finding acceptance. That's the starting point. I'm absolutely loved and accepted by God. And I move into, as he says here, because that's, what, that's what's intimated in verse 1, isn't it? that I offer my body a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. God isn't somewhere where far off. He's close, and I'm in worship with him. So it's this absolute acceptance by God. That's the first step that really transforms me. As I meditate on, I'm so loved in the gospel. God never pulls away. He accepts me right now where I am, and he doesn't want to leave me there. And he's going he's gonna to show me my bad parts. And the only ability to overcome them, first step is absolutely loved by God. As wicked as, as there are parts of me that I see, the older I get and the healthier I get. In fact, I was talking to a friend here who was just going through some hard times and he, he just realizes more and more just, just I, don't, I don't know if he used the word bad. I could look it up here in my text here. Um, uh, he says, uh, He says, I don't like him at all. He says, Einstein says, adversity introduces a man to himself. And I said, yes, I have found that to be true. And he says, I don't like him at all. And I said, yes, that shows you're slowly getting better. Listen, people who are slowly getting better, they see more and more of the bad parts. A good psychologist will tell you, people who are bad and getting worse, they're, they don't, they're so blinded to their own shortcomings, they don't think they have any. They're absolutely, this is who I am it's wonderful because they've been told that or they're self-deceived. So you know, the healthier you're getting, you're realizing the bad parts of you more and more. How do I overcome that? Yes, Lord, I see this more and more. I want to see more and more. I'm absolutely, there's so much of me that's bad, but I'm absolutely loved and accepted by you. Okay, so that's step one. That's what he says here. Now, step two is verse three. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Oh, isn't that sobering? 
In fact, he says that, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. So don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Isn't that great? Doesn't that go against every reality TV show you've ever seen about them talking about how wonderful and this is who I am. And if they don't like it, they can kiss my, you know, and they're so ugly if they could only see themselves. It's like once in a while you hear an interview later about someone and they'll, I mean, it's very, very rare, but they'll see themselves in video like that how they're acting and reacting, even though I know a lot of it is staged and, and, and manipulated by producers, right? Do this, say this, right? I realize it's a show. They got to sell it. They got to script it. But once in a while, you hear a sobering thing of they just didn't like what they saw about themselves, right? So, you know, Paul's whole thing is don't think more yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with some sober judgment, right? And what's, what's drunkenness? You're so unaware, right? So sobriety is a great awareness. I would say a growing awareness. That's what health is. A growing awareness of the parts of me that I didn't even see before that needed to be changed or I needed to think differently about or I needed a different tactic in order to change. He says, so uh, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed um, to each of you, okay? Um. For just as each of us has one body, and, and I think that whole in accordance with the faith that God has distributed of each of you, you know, that's God doing his part. So in God's timing, he's going to reveal. So, um, you know, faith is simply, faith is God at work as well as acceptance. And, right, it's a, everything's a two-way street, I think, in, in salvation, right? I do this, I believe God saves me, um, and so I think that's that's what it means there. But for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So just think about that. What's Paul saying? What's, what are the steps here of not being conformed, either religious conformity, legalistic conformity, try-hard conformity? First step, of course, is absolute acceptance by Christ and what he's done for me. And the second is absolute acceptance in continuing and deep community, that I'm part of a body that I'm supposed to be growing deeper with. And they see me and they see my bad spots and they don't pull away. They may make me aware of them actually, because that, that's true conformity, right? Or true transforming. They may make me aware of it. That's true love but they don't pull away because I'm part of the body here and I, and we all belong to one another. Um, and they're going to have their parts in helping me transform. Uh, and that's what he says here. We all have different gifts according to the grace each given to each of us. If it's prophesying, then prophesy over someone. If it's, if it's, um, if it's serving in accordance with your faith, which means in accordance with how much God's gifted you and how much God is willing to do through you at this point. He may just want you to shut up. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching others, then, then teach. If it's just encouraging others, encourage, he says, this is verse eight. If he is give, if, if giving, then, then give generously and help supply their needs. If it's leading, then do it diligently. If it's showing mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Uh, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. You see the transforming? It's like, first of all, I'm absolutely loved and accepted by God, but that's not enough. 
It is not enough. It's not me and my wife and my God and my dog. And that's all I really need, right? And my TV and my little escapisms. You need to find, you got to be part of the body of Christ and be deeply loved and then serve in the body of Christ. Get outside yourself. That's what Paul's getting here to, right? Everyone's serving in the, in the manner of faith that God's given them. And then you're allowing yourself to be served and ministered to. And that's how you're transformed. You're changed into a different person. Anything else falls short. And all you are, you're, you're, you're conformed. One of the translations says you're simply squeezed into a mold. And you'll never be really who you, you, you could be. Uh, and never really be used the way God wants to use you. I'm, I'm not saying you can't get by and live a life, but a maximal life of maximal impact among people and your family and your kids, you won't find it. You will not find, you will not rise up and spread great wings. You'll just, you'll just go along to get along, which is one way to live. But there's a whole nother promise, right? If you'll again, just, you know, offer yourselves in view of what God's done to God every day and realize, you know, as you do that, I'm absolutely accepted in love and I can go on and I can change. And then absolutely grow and get into a deep community and love and serve there and then allow yourself to be loved and served. Okay. So, uh, that's good news. And that's, that's what Christ, um, God has done for us in Christ. Okay. That's our word for today. Uh, God bless. We'll see you soon.